This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? Here we go. We are in Loose Cannon. This is part three. Uh, We got two more to go after this one. And so we are literally in the heart of this series. And I believe that today is going to minister to you, okay? And so we're going to really just focus really on one portion of Scripture, one that we haven't touched yet, but it's one of the main uh, portions of Scripture in the New Testament concerning the tongue, okay? Concerning our mouth. So hope you enjoy worship and everything. But here we go. Let's jump right into this. Uh, Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that you speak to us, God. We're open, God. We're open to hear from you. We want to hear from you, and we thank you for speaking to us in this moment. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said amen. All right, so let's jump right in. Um, James chapter 3. All right, James chapter three, starting in verse one. I'm gonna read, we're gonna read uh, James three and we'll we'll kind of read it in portions. We're just gonna read through James three, verse one, all the way to verse 12. And that's that's what we're gonna do, okay? So James three, verse one, all the way to verse 12. But we're gonna start with, Okay, that's kind of the whole sermon there. But we're going to start with here, James chapter 3, and we're just going to read verse 1 and 2. Okay, so here we go. Uh, James 3, verse 1 and 2. My brethren, uh, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Uh, For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man. Okay, this word perfect does not mean perfect as we use it in our English language. Perfect meaning without error or perfect meaning, um, you know, like that it faultless. Okay, so this word perfect here is really, um, and we're going to dive into this word, it means maturity. Okay, it just means maturity. Um, it really means like complete or, or maybe finished, but not like perfect as in because uh, there's no perfect person. There's no perfect man. Based on how we use that word in the English language, there's no perfect man other than Jesus, right? But perfect man, he is a mature man, okay? And so uh, if anyone does not stumble in word, he is a mature man, able also to bridle the whole body, okay? And so we're diving into this message, okay? And here we go. So when... Um, and this is the context. So we're going to read through this verse. We're going to go bit by bit. So we just read the first two verses here. And th- this whole section of scripture here, it, it, it's starting out with the context of kind of breaking down the mouth, the tongue, our words. And it's really speaking in reference to spiritual maturity. Okay? And so we're going we're gonna to look at this. And so just to give you a little, like, historical context of the book of James and just from a um, hermeneutics viewpoint, 
of James is James is very practical, okay? And he's really challenging the church and was challenging the early church. James was a leader in the church in Jerusalem, okay? And a church leader. And he was challenging God's people to live the life they profess. So James is about like our lifestyle, okay? And it's very practical. Because when you take the gospel and, and, and salvation and the fact that you've encountered God, like the gospel much must reach practicalities of life, like that it touches these poignant areas. And one here being our mouth. Okay, so James is very practical. And I, even, you know, when you study the, the book of James, it's almost like James is kind of like, and this is what, you know, uh, theologians and studying this, it's kind of like a mirror of the book of Proverbs. Okay, because Proverbs is full of wisdom, right? And so James is about practical wisdom, okay? And that our life in our walk with God must reach um, definable change in practical areas, namely in context of today in this message, our mouth and our tongue. And he starts out this discourse on the tongue with the fact that if we don't stumble here, we are a mature man or a mature woman, right? Just a, a mature person. So here it is. He's, he's correlating the mouth, the tongue as a as if we don't stumble in this area, we are mature, okay? And so it says here, being mature, that we're able to bridle the whole body. So what James is saying here is that when our mouths are out of control, it's usually an indicator that other areas of our life or our being are out of control. Because if we are unable to bridle our tongue, it's really showing, it's an identifier, it's, a, it's an indicator that we're, we lack self-control in other areas. Because if we can bridle our tongue, the Bible says here, we can bridle the whole body. If we can get our mouth in check, um, presumably that we are exercising self-control in other areas. What is it saying that the bridling of the tongue is an indicator of spiritual maturity in other areas of our life, okay? So our mouths, based on what James said, right? Based on this scripture, our mouths are indicators of our spiritual maturity, okay? Um, so with respect to spiritual growth, there is a correlation to our mouth, all right? So immaturity is and can be seen by and through somebody that cannot control their tongue, all right? And this controlling of the tongue, the bridling of the tongue, just isn't that we're not saying the wrong thing. It's that we are saying the holy thing. We're, you know, it's not just what we're not doing. It's not just what we're not saying. Maturity is what we are saying, okay? It's, it's not just that we're resisting the temptation to sin with our mouth. It's that we are 
serving God and proclaiming the word and speaking the word and speaking life over people and, and, and encouraging others. It's, it's a, our tongue isn't just about shutting it down per se and becoming passive. It's that we are saying and we are speaking up and we are using our mouth for his glory. All right. And so it's, it is, it is both and. And so here is my first point here, folks. And this is it, is that spiritual growth is necessary. Okay. And this is what we're going to talk about here. Okay. Let me say it again. Uh, spiritual growth is necessary. This is really what James is saying. If you look at the book of James, it's speaking to the Christian that maturity is requisite um, on many levels. And so I, I'm just saying it is necessary. Okay, it is just necessary. It's necessary. Why is spiritual growth necessary? Um, because spiritual growth determines a lot in your walk with God, okay? It determines a lot. We're gonna get into this, but, um, and, and one area, a very specific and important area is in our maturity that our mouth begins to change and be transformed, that we begin to speak the very oracles of God, that we begin to get cleaned up and purified and delivered and, and, and healed of things so that our mouth is changed. And so I just wanna give you uh, the definition of the word perfect. Okay, I've done this before, and and I, and, and and some of you, I, I've shared the definition of this word many times in many of uh, my sermons, and it's I believe it's just uh, Crystal Gale and I, my wife. This is just our heart for people. Okay, our heart is your spiritual maturity. So we kind of, if 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 you've been here any time or for any length of time, you you would know that 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 that. My wife and I, just what we feel our heart is and what we feel God has given us and what we feel that um, we're called to do is to help people mature in their walk with God, okay? And just encourage that and promote that and speak to that and teach on it. And it's just something very dear to us, okay? We don't just want you in church. We want you to grow, okay? So we don't just want you to be a part of Hopeland, okay? Uh, we want you to grow, uh, spiritually develop, bear fruit and all that, right? Because there's so much tied to this. There's so much involved and that, that happens when we grow, okay? So here it is. Let me just give you this definition. I've probably given it to you a million times already, but I'm gonna do it again. But the word perfect. So if we're able to, to um, bridle our tongue, if we don't stumble in word, the scripture says that we are then a perfect person, a perfect man, or if you're a woman, a perfect woman, a mature so here it is. It's the Greek word teleos. I wish I had a telescope, okay, because this is where we get the word telescope. It's from this Greek word teleos, okay? And so this is what it means, okay? This is why um, uh, the tongue is tied to our maturity and why maturity is absolutely requisite. It is necessary. And here it is. Let me just read the definition. Um, there's layers to this definition, and I'm just going to give it to you, okay? Here we go. It means to be complete in all its parts. It means to be full grown of full age, um, especially of the completeness of Christian character, okay? It says, going through the necessary stages to reach the end goal, uh, okay? So, so it, it, by nature, uh, maturity is a process. Maturity is a process. Um, the, the, the pathway has been provided. 
but um, it is a process. It's been provided through the cross uh, and, and through the resurrection of Jesus and sending us the Holy Spirit and giving us his word. Everything we need from God to mature spiritually has been done. It is in place. But the question is, am I willing to go through the necessary stages to reach the end goal, okay? I.e., developed into a consummated completion by fulfilling the necessary process, in parentheses of the definition, spiritual journey. Okay, so here it is. I'm, I got, got one more bullet point as far as the definition of perfect, and it means reaching the end aim. So there is, in maturity, there is this goal, right? There is this, like, kind of north star. And the, and the essence of maturity is Christ is our focal point. He is where we're, who we're looking to. It is him, he, full maturity, right? Unto a, as Book of Ephesians speaks of, fivefold ministry, equipping the saints, a complete man, a perfect man, that the church would mature okay so reaching the end aim it is well illustrated with the old pirates telescope unfolding extending out one stage at a time to function at full strength capacity effectiveness somebody say it with me say spiritual growth is necessary Say it again, spiritual growth is necessary. So, so maturity determines what we experience and walk in, okay? Um, and this is where our will is involved. This is where sacrifice is involved on our part. This is where humility comes into play. This is where um, uh, surrender comes into play. This is where um, the bending of our will in the direction of God comes into play. This is where we really experience deliverance and freedom. This is where we walk this thing out, okay? So, so this is where it is. So, so think about this. Like many people in church don't grow, right? Like that's just, just because they're in church doesn't mean they are growing, okay? It's a good start. It's a place. Well, growth happens, but that's not the goal. Like being a part of Christian community is not the end goal. It is a part of the journey, okay? So, so, and when we don't grow, we do not experience all that God has for us. We do not. Maturity is requisite, okay? And this is why I'm preaching on the tongue, focusing on, um, you know, the power of the tongue, because this is part of our maturity. It's, it's, it's a piece. It's, it's something about us that needs to be changed. It's something in our nature that needs to be refined and, and touched by God. Okay. Because people that are just in religious environments and are not growing, um, it's because they don't deal with the issues of the heart and mouth. And, and this is what it's saying. It's correlating the mouth with maturity. So we must be willing to deal with the issues of the heart and the issues 
of our mouth, our words, okay? And so, like I said before, you know, um, might have said this before, this is a certain phrase that's just been kind of in my spirit recently. I heard a preacher say this. I thought it was so good. But he said that it's not enough for us. And he was speaking of maturity, okay, and being transformed and growing in our faith, okay? And so he, was, he said it this way. It is not enough for us to be redeemed. We are called to become, okay? So what am I saying? It's not enough to just come out of sin. I mean, it, that's the starting point. It, it's not enough. It wasn't enough for the children of Israel just to get out of Egypt. God wanted them to get into the promised land. And so maturity was the defining factor of that, okay? And so here's my next point, and is, is my mouth is telling me something, right? No pun intended, right? My mouth is telling me something, right? So what, what am I saying? Is that our mouth is an indicator. Um, it is truly telling me where I am. Have you ever said something? And you thought, and you, and after the fact, you're like, man, I don't know if I should have said that, right? Man, why, why did I say that? Have you ever asked yourself, like, why did I say that? Like, where did that come from, right? Our mouth is telling us something, okay? Um, our mouth is telling. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's like this. It is this. You know, uh, people say that kind of. Yeah, you heard the phrase like, uh, money is a magnifier. Like, like, there's nothing evil about money in itself, but. You know, money, the way we spend it and use it is an indicator of our heart. It really can't, it's a magnifier. Same with our mouth. Like our mouth is telling me something. My mouth is telling me something, all right? And so if maturity is an indicator, like our, our, our mouth maturity, maturity can be seen by the flow and abundance of our mouth, like from the abundance, as Jesus told the Pharisees, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the mouth is, my mouth is telling me something, right? Our mouths are telling us something. Maturity, when, with respect to our mouth, is that our words are life-giving. They're life-giving. And so they're life-giving. They're life-giving. Now, um, this doesn't take away from having to have honest conversations. And I've said this before. I don't want to get so extreme with this that we don't have room and space to vent as people. And that even in the scripture, it does say that in the Psalms, like that I pour out my complaint before God and that I would, I, that there is room and, and, it, and it is requisite to be vulnerable and open and, and really tell God what you're really feeling. I'm, I, I don't want to take away from that at all. Okay. That, that is not what this is because that is re requisite as well. Okay. Uh, but we must draw a line in the sand when it comes to a, a truly unhealthy soul and heart and that that unhealthiness is pouring out of our mouth. Our mouth is telling us we need to get healed. Our mouth may be telling us, man, I need deliverance. 
my mouth maybe telling me, ah, man, I need to, I just need to control this thing. I can't be just letting this thing, my tongue just, I can't just be the loose cannon anymore, right? And so here we go. So, so what is, so I just want to describe just some immaturity when it comes to our mouth or, or maybe issues of the heart that, that need to be dealt with, okay? So here we go. What, what, how does immaturity look on the mouth? Okay, so here we go. So um, gossip, all right, chronic chit-chatting. And I know chit-chatting can be innocent, just people just talking and shit. But I mean just chronic chit-chatting about people, just negative little things all the time. Like you see one thing you don't like and you go to the person that that is not even involved. You're just talking to them about it. You go over here and you talking to them uh, about somebody else that ain't in the room and just chronic, that, that is an indicator of immaturity. Um, like when we are voicing our opinion in view of everybody and everything all the time. Well, this is just what I think. Well, you know, I just, this is just what I think. This is what I think. This is, da, 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 da. And it, it's just, it, and it is um, overwhelmingly frustrating to everybody else. All right. Always having something to say. Always. Come on. If you look at Peter, man, the man had a problem with his mouth. Okay? Um, always having something to say. Consistently pointing out the negatives with your mouth. Okay? I'm telling you it's a sign of immaturity. Okay? Um, here, and, and sometimes the, at, these issues at best are immaturity. And, and, and even worse, they could just be truly areas of deliverance that's needed, that there could be truly something, an open door somewhere, something undealt with, something something that is being influenced by the enemy, by some sort of demonic um, abuse or hurt that's just not dealt with. It's just festering in you. And so it's coming out of the mouth. Your mouth is telling you something, okay? And so when when people for instance, are saying cutting things, cutting things, sharp things under their breath about people behind their back. It's immaturity at best, demonic. Could be, could be even straight up demonic. Just not of God at all, okay? Um, things like, well, I just need to say this. Okay, do you really just need to say this? Right? I just need to say this. I just need to get this off my chest. I understand there's a context for this, but when it is chronic and it is, and it is, and the fruit of that is not of God. The fruit of that is division. The fruit of it is, is breaking of relationships. The fruit of it is, and let me, let me say this. People with these kind of things going on in them, they find themselves lonely. The fruit of our lips, right? Okay, by our mouths we're justified, by our mouths we are condemned. The fruit of our lips, I'm telling you, is that healthy people do not want to be around unhealthy gossip, slander, bitterness, backbiting type of spirit. Can I get an amen? And I've seen this happen with people is they're in this state and they don't deal with it and they find themselves alone and lonely 
And the only people that kind of will be up in that is the same people with that kind of spirit. All right. And so this is where we, where, where, when we don't deal with this, we, we really venture into witchcraft. Okay. It's just, this is spiritual. It's can venture into things that are very unclean, ungodly. And, and, uh, we want to deal with this. Okay. And so how can it be witchcraft? Right? It's, it's the releasing of words that are destructive, slanderous. You know, like one of the words for the devil, diabolos, or the word we use, diabolical. That, that, that's, a, that's a word that's, it means slander, accuser. It's a, it's, a, it's a vocal word. The devil is described as the accuser of the brethren, words. Okay, it can be demonic. And, and these type of words tear down, separate people. It's what the scripture talks about. Um, mark and take note of a divisive person. Okay, so if we don't deal with the bitterness in our heart, we are in effect shutting off God's best for us. Okay, so let's go, let's go to James chapter three. Again, let, let's go to verse three to verse five. It reads, okay, indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us and we turn their whole body. Big old horse, man, can be steered by its mouth, okay? Uh, look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Here's my next point. Our mouths direct our lives. You know, we are headed in the direction of our mouth. Okay? You do that due diligence before God, getting that heart sanctified. Your mouth is life-giving, encouraging, joyful, hopeful, right? You're, the spirit of who you are is changing. As the scripture says, being renewed in the spirit of your mind, okay? In your heart, in your words representing that, I'm telling you that you're going to find yourself with, around people that are life-giving. I'm telling you, healthy people want to be around healthy people, right? Your words, your mouth is directing your life. It is a small thing, but it is, a, it is steering the ship of your life, right? So, so our words are like charting our course. Think about this. Our beings, our very being, spirit, soul, and body is moving in the direction of our words, okay? And I'll say it this way, like healthy people, attract healthy people, all right? Healthy people attract healthy people, right? Um, I'm telling you, unhealthy people that are up to no good, okay, that, that literally the motive of their heart, maybe there's some manipulation in there, that they're after something, they might be opportunists, and I'm telling you, you do your due diligence before God. Allow God to purify your heart. Do, do, uh, you know, having that uh, 
pure motives, pure heart, pure words. I'm telling you that the unhealthy will not last long in your inner circle. They'll either get right or, or, or those boundaries will be in place because there's just something about that, that, that pure heart that just, um, you know, that, that just sets everything up all right. I think sometimes we got, we got to be, uh, um, let's do our part before God and not be so worried about being connected to so many of the right people. I really believe if we do that before God first, if, if our relationship with God, our pure heart, God, just do your work in me. I really believe that that is the context. That is the, the bedrock, the foundation of creating healthy relationships. Okay? Healthy people are attracted to healthy people. Okay? Healthy people are drawn to healthy environments. And vice versa. Unhealthy people, man, if they're not getting right, they're going to find themselves, you know, in, in environments that just kind of, you know, I've heard it say this way. You might have heard this phrase, but like like spirits are attracted to each other. And let's do that due diligence before God. Let, let, let's get let's let's make this environment healthy and, and watch who's attracted to that. The type of people that are going to want to be around you. All right. So once again, our mouths direct our lives. As I said before, God's best for you is set in place. Death, burial, resurrection, ascension, ascension, and the sending of the Holy Spirit. God's best is set in place. It's set in place. It's there. Here's the question. Are you willing to mature so you can lay hold of it and walk in it? And, and with respect to our mouths, our heart, okay? Um, there, 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 there's a whole message here inside this message, and I don't have time to go through it, but there's a difference between a child of God that is, that when we are born of God, we, we, we are a child of God. Uh, at the, uh, we are a child, okay? And, and that is because of our faith in Jesus, our revelation of Jesus. Boom, we're a child. We're justified by uh, grace through faith. We, we are accepted in the beloved. Every promise of God is yes and amen. Like I said before, every promise of God is set in place. God's best is set in place for you as a child, right? But, but in the Greek definition of the word child and son is two different things. We say son, we say child. In our English language, it means the same thing. But in Greek, there's a difference. There's a difference. There's a difference. One is a child because we have his seed in us. The other is a son because the son grows into representing God in, in his likeness, uh, truly becoming a representative of God, one that represents God in character, not just confesses him as a result of grace. It is that this thing, this, this child grows into sonship. And so that's what I'm talking about. That's what James is talking about. That man, he, and he's talking to the church. He's talking to believers and saying, man, we got to get this thing right. We got to mature in this area, folks. Okay, and so here it is. Here's my next point. Growing Christians obtain promises. Growing Christians. Uh, you know, it, it's possible to, to be born again and to not obtain all that God has for you. Not to truly, not for it to truly be actualized. Why? Because ma maturity is requisite. Uh, maturity is requisite. And all that that implies, it's not enough for me to tell you who you are in Christ. We have a whole generation that was told who they were. And just because you're told who you are, that's great. That's the foundation. But you must grow and mature. And, and there, are, there, are, there, are, there is a, and the definition of perfect is this reference, inference to process, growth, maturity. 
you know, trials, tribulations, willingness, faithfulness, self-control, um, you know what I'm saying? All of the elements that are a part of growth. All right, through faith and patience, we inherit promises. Faith and patience, man. Through, through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. Growing Christians obtain promises. Okay, so James 3, verse 6. James 3, verse 6. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. Right, talking about the tongue now. The tongue is a fire. It's a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles or it spiritually stains. So some people might say, well, you know, it's just words, you know, whatever. Why, why are you making such, such a big deal about words? Because even in the scripture here, this literal scripture says the tongue can literally spiritually stain your whole body. That's what it's saying. It says that it defiles the whole body. So, so our mouth carries spiritual power. Demonic or divine, okay? It, there, there is spiritual power in what we're saying. This is what it said. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire by hell. I mean, this is serious, right? The, the maturity is serious. Obtaining the promises of God is no joke, right? So come on now. Uh, say this with me. Say, say, watch your words, Right? Watch your words. This is what that word defiles, where we, you know, it means to soil, to spiritually stain. All right, here we go. Last portion of verses here. James 3, 7 to 12. Let's go. Here it is. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. Okay, in and of ourselves, can't in our nature, it's part of the process of maturity, is learning to tame or to restrain, to subdue, to curb our tongue, all right? But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. So you can't tell me words aren't spiritual. The Bible says that our words can be full of deadly poison. This word poison literally means venom that a serpent emits, or rust that metals emit, right? If you ever, I don't know if you know anybody, if you ever stepped on a rusty nail, man, you need a shot and you need it quickly. Yeah, I, I, I've never, I don't think I've ever met anybody that's been bitten by a venomous snake, but um, you know, it is a poison. Our words carry that type of spiritual power and authority, and the scripture says it, all right? The scripture says it here, okay? It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our God and Father. With it, we curse men, okay? So the Bible says here in the New Testament, book of James, chapter three, that our words, if we're not careful, can curse men. That's what it says, curse. Curse means to doom, to bring down, to condemn. Our words can bless God, okay? Words are spiritual. So here's my last point. Pure heart equals pure words. Pure heart equals pure words. With it, we bless our God and Father, and with it, we curse men who have been made in the similitude or the likeness of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, he's talking to the church. He's not talking to the world. 
He's not talking to people that don't know Jesus. He's talking to the church. He says, my brethren, these things ought not to be. They ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grape vine bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt, water, and fresh. All right, pure words. Sorry, pure heart equal pure words. All right, we, we, as, as we go into this year, as we are here in January, we have this year before us. And whatever it is you're facing this year, whatever it is you're believing God for, right? Um, speak words that are promoting what God has put in your heart. Speak words over people of what God has said about them. Uh, you know, I believe in the marriage relationship, in the context of our marriage, right? Those that are married out there, uh, we, th that ought to be the place where that relationship, where words of life, are, and what's one way that we speak words of life over our spouse? You know, life-filled words, hope-filled words is in prayer, like literally praying over one another, laying hands on one another, encouraging one another. Right? We know more about our spouse than anybody does. We know all the stuff, right? And so how much more should we speak to the potential, speak to the divine nature, speak to the good of what God has put in that person? And yes, we need to have those hard conversations and those those things that are not, you know, where we can be vulnerable and and and, and really speak truth and even to help correct one another in ways, okay? I'm not taking away from that because that's a part of a relationship, but in light of this message, let's proactively, intentionally, right, on purpose, speak life over our spouse, right? Let, let, let's do that this year. Let's do that this year. Let's, let's, let's prophesy over one another. Let's declare what God has said over one another. So let me pray here. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for your word. And thank you for what you're doing. And, and Lord, I pray that, that, Lord, you would purify our hearts like never before. We open up every aspect of who we are so, God, our hearts can be purified so that our words can be pure and, and, and they can bring honor and glory to your name, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.